All right, podcast. Here's another one for you. Uh, sat down with Ben Player for the Survival Thrive podcast series presented by Bodyboard King. Ben had quite the year during the pandemic, and a lot of great things did take place. Guy became a dad. That's pretty cool. But he also was one of the unlucky few to go through a significant lockdown coming into Christmas of all times. Um, a unique experience from the Australian perspective and a conversation that I hope you all enjoy. A very warm welcome to Ben Player to the Survive or Thrive the Boogie Podcast. Hello, Welcome Josh. Back. How are you doing, G'day, mate? listeners out there. How are you guys going? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing quite well, actually. I'm just, uh, right now, I'm just painting a picture for you. I'm at South Avalon, the group, the beach that I grew up, and uh, I live a couple of minutes from here. And just watching the waves roll through, there's a couple of little clean four-footers, heaps of surfers, and the, uh, the WSL Narrabeen uh, competition just finished about two weeks ago. Um, but there's still a couple of pros and a lot of excitement still floating around town. Ah, so the 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 crew are sticking around. That they, they have been there probably then for about three weeks in total, like in the lead up to the event. Yeah, and um, I just saw that WA is going into lockdown too. Uh, so there's oh. probably like yeah, there's probably a couple of people that are hanging out here until that kind of clears, maybe. Oh, right. I haven't caught that news yet. So what, there's a lockdown that just kicked in today or yesterday? I think so, yeah. I just brushed over the article, but it's like a three-day lockdown. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, dear. I'm meant to be heading to Nalu in a couple of months, so hopefully Oh, you'll be all right. I'll be all right. But you just don't know with this in Australia. We're very sensitive. We're very um, – then that's kind of what – <laughs> yeah, very, very cautious, and um, it's quite interesting. And that's the point of this podcast is to talk about the pandemic and and how um, some of the world's best bodyboarders dealt with it and the question of whether they survived or thrived. Uh-huh. Um, looking back on 2020, do you feel like you survived or did you actually thrive during the pandemic? I definitely thrive, 100%. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. Without uh, trying to clam myself too much. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've probably got one this high in the air looking for a score of 10 out of 10 from the judges <laughs> on the shore. Um, yeah, so 2020 was actually a really good year for me. Um, it started out with uh, going to Hawaii with my, um, my fiancé at the time. And uh, we got some really good waves, actually. Had some of the best – had a week of waves over there, which were the best uh, conditions I've, I've surfed almost ever over there in the 20 – bloody whatever years I've been there. So that was incredibly satisfying because one really negative thing that happens as you get older is um, you actually start comparing locations to previous experiences. Mm. And so you're kind of constantly gauging um, how you're surfing compared to how you've surfed and how the conditions compared to how the conditions that you've had. And, you know, it's that eternal quest that humans have for betterment and, um, and for the best. And uh, you could call it greed or whatever or gluttony, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely um, one of those guys, and uh, and it really, really delivered perfect waves for me, and I was I was so overjoyed. And then you know we came home, and I was actually meant to go for a work trip. So um, these days I'm uh, importing, distributing, and and versus bodyboards, and 
We also got a range of uh, softboards called Foamy and a range of uh, bins called Knife, and we do ISS and stuff in Australia. So pretty busy. I'm in business with Winnie. So we got home and I was meant to, uh, me and my fiance got home from Hawaii and I was meant to go to China shortly after for a work trip. And uh, then, you know, coronavirus started really sparking up and, um, and you know, I had all my affairs and stuff booked and it was a, it was a Sunday um, and I was like really unsure if I should go or not um, because it was going to be a, a three-week trip and I knew that, you know, Wuhan was the, the kind of epicenter at that time of, of the virus and I was going to be kind of brushing pretty close to Wuhan and, um, and then, you know, there was a couple of cases in Japan, which I also had to go to and then um, Taiwan, which I also had to go to. And so I was kind of uh, freaking out. And then on the Sunday, I was kind of like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going. Um, you know, Winnie was like all on board with it. He was like, it's not worth risking your health for. So I cancelled the trip and uh, actually still haven't got refunds for most of the airfares, but I'm, I'm alive. And I uh, cancelled the trip and um, stayed home and uh, actually um, talked about, you know, well, my wedding and stuff like that, which I was planning with my wife and, in March. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we had a go at uh, trying to have a baby. And uh, we had one go at it. And um, <laughs> on that Sunday, that go worked. <laughs> so uh, the wedding rolled around a couple of months after that on, on March 21st. And... Um, what a lot of our guests didn't know is that Jenna was actually pregnant by that stage. Um, she was already yeah, quite far along, but we couldn't you know, make it public because you got that kind of three-month rule. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, so it all kind of uh, happened pretty quick, you know. So, mm. you know, when you, say, when you ask the question, did you survive or thrive? And I, I said straight away that I thrived. Like, it definitely did. And it's all a result of coronavirus. Like, those, you know, these opportunities and experiences maybe might not have happened if if coronavirus wasn't there so i'm pretty yeah. as much as like uh, it sounds um pretty selfish to say like i'm kind of grateful that, that it did happen because it kind of forced me to slow down and and change my direction with things that's um that's really interesting like um so you just you had six months it worked that's yeah like i mean and, <laughs> to be honest i was really worried about it because um <laughs> Uh, because you know you hear a lot of stories, and we got some you friends do. that have had trouble and stuff like that with pregnancy, and and you know I really you know it's such a sad thing, you know, when you really want to have kids and you can't, and um, mm-hmm. it comes this kind of solid quest to do, and um, and just you know I'm not like a spring chicken anymore. I'm I'm 42, and uh, you know I was wondering if everything kind of still works, and not yeah. to mention airs and slapping you know your testicles that many times, and. <laughs> All the negative, possible negative uh, possibilities from that. And yeah, and, uh, uh, and I was surprised that it, it, it still works. <laughs> it still works. And like maybe the, all the slapping, because, you know, you've, you've done some pretty solid landings in your time and particularly those nice uh, big air forwards, I'm thinking, you know, out, out of the bowl at places like Pipe. There's a particular one that always comes to my mind. The spit goes really strong and then you come around the spit and blow up a massive air forward. I, I love oh, that yeah. one. And, um, yeah, it's it's one of my faves. And, and you know, like there's a landing there and it's just like, well, maybe, maybe the takeaway is that all that ball slapping might just create more resilient sperm, you know, like they're just kind of, they're battered and bruised, but not broken, you know, like Maybe it's um, strong guys, strong Look, swimmers. I'm not going to say like, don't do uh, all the, all the things you need to do to get pregnant if you're having trouble, but just go out and slap your balls with it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Um, I was, I was, you know, I 
be honest, I feel pretty blessed. Um, and, you know, our little daughter, we remember Eve, and she's just like a, such an incredible kid. Uh, just perfect in every way, and I couldn't ask for more. So, yeah, um, I feel really, really lucky. That's great. I mean, what I mean, you whilst it, it's really cool to hear that you thrived and the, the answer to that question has been so varied in this podcast series. It's um it's certainly not a generic response. It it does oscillate between the two and others have had a bit of both. Um, but what I'm I'm sure you're human and that things affect you negatively. Like what would you find was challenging about twenty twenty along the way though? You know, like there was definitely some disruption there, but you know, going and getting the job done and getting pregnant real quick. That's pretty cool. So the thriving happens, marriage, mm. really great. And congratulations if it wasn't communicated already on that one. And then babies arrived since. So also congratulations on that. Mm. What, um, but what was challenging for you? Cause there are many hats that Ben player wears and, um, you know, can you speak to any of the challenges that you experienced along the way in 2020? Just, just, I guess, personal challenges. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of anxiety that kind of happened as a result of coronavirus, and um, you know, I'm a pretty careful person uh, most mm. of the time, and pretty risk adverse. So, uh, you know, when when you know things got pretty heavy around Sydney and um, and Australia, and in particular Northern Beaches, I was um, you know I was I was I was pretty anxious and 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 scared about catching coronavirus, and because I had you know Eve there and. Um, mm. And Eve was really fresh, you know, and all was kind of sparked off. And, you know, I was, um, I was reading a whole bunch of information about, you know, the potential health, like long-term health risks of, of coronavirus. And there hadn't been any research done as to, you know, what happens to, a, to uh, like a pregnant person, like someone that's in their, you know, first trimester mm. um, and the implications that can have for a, for a, for a young baby. Um, mm. Because... When, you know, this is when everything was still sparking up in Wuhan, you know, there was stories about uh, people um, giving birth and their babies being fine, but, you know, they were quite long, far along with their, with their pregnancy. So, you know, of course, they're probably less risk at that time. And so I was worried about these things and, you know, um, and then not to mention, you know, you become highly sceptical and, and sensitive to people around you, like, uh, you know, friends and stuff like that, you kind of, keep your distance and there was a, a really kind of peculiar time um, on Christmas Day that we had down here where coronavirus had really um, like uh, sparked up in Avalon where I live and um, and it got shut down like a, a really strong shutdown so we weren't allowed to go out and stuff like that and I wasn't allowed to see family and uh, and my brother turned up with presents <laughs> and with, with my little niece and nephew and i was like whoa Tobe, what are you doing and i kind of got angry at him you know he's mm. like what are you doing man like we're not meant to be doing this you know you're risking you know my health and my kids health and my family's health and my mum's health and and i got angry at him and i was like you know totally overreacted um <laughs> and uh and and you know it's just like these kind of personal issues that i think everyone would have had to deal with in some way and that was quite a challenge because you know, we've never had a we've never had a chart of this territory before, and it was like, how do we charter it? Like, what are the rules? What are the social rules? And and all these other things. And how do you go about all this stuff in a in a respectful and kind way to to you know people that you love? Like, it it was really difficult. And that was one of the hardest things that I found is just like a you know on a personal level is how to deal with um with with the kind of new social ethical and rules that can kind of come along with it all. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, no, I'm just top of that. Yeah. Like the thing, the thing about having a newborn baby is it's it's really quite well, it's quite difficult. Um, and anyone that's had a had a baby would would I'm sure agree with me. But to anyone that hasn't, like it's it's a huge challenge. Like yeah, yeah, you're underslept the whole time. Um, yeah, it's a huge steep learning curve. Like yeah, you know, you kind of you know you you're throwing the keys to a Lamborghini and, and you're expected to know how to drive it at 150 k's an hour down a highway and you've never driven before. And uh, it's a really, really scary, scary kind of experience because you're thinking, like, this is a living child and, you know, I'm, I'm not educated and experienced enough to look after this. <laughs> you leave the hospital and it's like, whoa, you know, like, uh, it's, it's really scary. And, uh, you know, we were kind of thrust into this situation where we couldn't actually get any help from anyone because it was during coronavirus. So that made it, pretty challenging because we're new parents and really trying to, um, I guess, um, adjust to these, this new way of life and adjust being new parents and also would have loved a lot of help, but we couldn't get it. That was a, that was a really big challenge. That's a, a unique a, one. Yeah. Right now I know, I know this is a, this is a, a, a boogie boarding podcast. So I won't bore you too much everyone, but um, on, a, <laughs> on a surfing note, like I didn't, the only real differences that I had um, was that I was locked into this area where I live. Uh, and it wasn't such a bad thing because we had a whole bunch of East Coast lows last year and um, heaps of the waves around here turned on. But one really unfortunate thing happened as a result of that is all the sandbanks around here got washed away and I couldn't travel. I was really mm-hmm. cautious, so I didn't travel down the coast and I couldn't travel overseas. And I ended up just, you know, really getting really, really frustrated with surfing <laughs> because I was like, oh, I can't go out in that sloth. It's like absolute crap for a bodyboard. So I just stopped surfing um around here last year um so you know kind of it was probably a good thing with priorities changing and stuff like that with being a parent but um yeah mm. that was the most challenging thing that i had is trying to adjust to this new um this new i guess responsibility and, and identity of who who i am you know what i mean because i wasn't a surfer anymore because there was no waves and i was a parent and i was sacrificing everything and and doing all these other things um mm. and that took some time and that took some adjustment but um, mm-hmm. yeah, the waves have been cracking around here lately, so I definitely can't complain. No, well, it's interesting to hear. There's a few things I guess I'm picking up from that. One of which, well, there's probably three things there. It's the, it's the, and the first is interesting to me because as you were saying it about your this kind of anxiety like that you might have experienced and this real cautious approach to health. Um, I, I had a full flashback uh, actually of an experience with you. Um, and, and I do remember that you're always pretty, you, you never really wanted to share a bottle. If anyone was drinking from a <laughs> bottle, you're always yeah. like, nah, nah, I'm good. You know, like you'd yeah. never, you'd never share it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I remember that <laughs> suddenly somehow just popped into my head. I was like, yeah, Ben's a bit of a germaphobe. I um, am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you are right. Competitions Cause I'm like, hey, I exactly. don't wanna, you know, invested all this time and energy exactly. money and I don't want to risk it. And then. Yeah. You know, you hear stories about guys like Nick Omerod who caught, uh, what was it, yellow fever from sharing a bottle in Chile one year? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I guess. So, I remember that. Pays off. <laughs> but how did, you, how did you deal with that? Because you also said when, when, when your dear brother um, naively came around with Christmas presents with the, yeah. with, the, with the niece and nephew, I'm assuming, yeah. um, you were just, you blew up. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's probably a part of that anxiety really just taken over the emotions and, and, you know, you're a parent, so you, you're protective, you've got this shield yeah. up around your bubble and you're taking it very seriously. I mean, yeah. 
what do you do about that moving forward? Was there any learnings there for you about how you are with these kind of um, these health risks or the, the way that you react to these things? Was there any reflection on that for you? Like, have you changed since? Is there anything that you, you've worked on off the back of that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to understand if I use that the experience as a as a way to develop as a person and, Maybe. and become a better person. Maybe the answer is uh, a definite no. I'm still a bit of a germaphobe <laughs> 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 and very very cautious and careful. Uh, cool. I think it's like it's an innate kind of thing. You can't, you know, anyone can say you know you don't have to be that way or you. It's just the way someone is. I don't, I'm not sure if you can change those kind of things about about someone. No, but um, in their forties. Like it's kind of like the ship sailed a little bit, hasn't it? On yeah, uh, yeah, on sub yeah. self developments, they're just like, no, nah, right. this is this is who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, an old friend once said to me that um, you have to, because I was always, you know, a kind of manana guy about relationships, and uh-huh. I was always thinking, oh, you know, I'll, I'll find someone down the line, and they kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, you've got to be kind of careful because what happens is when you're by yourself for an extended amount of time, like as as time goes on, you get really stuck in your ways. And when you do meet someone, it becomes really difficult because you've got such, you form such strong opinions mm-hmm. of life and, and your experiences are stopped at who you become. And you can't actually, you find it very difficult then to balance with someone because, of course, no one's going to share all the same experiences and, and mm-hmm. uh, opinions on, on the way the world is. So it becomes really difficult. And that's a yeah. really good piece of advice, actually, that, that I was given. It was actually by a friend that I used to stay with in Portugal, lovely, Isabel. Oh, Isabel, beautiful woman, yeah. beautiful, beautiful woman. woman, great family, yeah. great, great, great family. spot. Yeah, yeah love, love that, love that crew. Yeah. Um, one of the questions on my list here is, you know, did you learn anything new about yourself in 2020? And I, I think that that question might best sit within the fatherhood um, kind of discussion. I'm sure there was a lot of new stuff there. And I mean, hearing, I, I haven't. I have. I, I don't know if I've slapped my balls too much or whatever. <laughs> I really tried to have a child, so I don't know if it works either. But um, I don't know the experience of fatherhood, and I can guess things. And I've got a brother who's got kids and a sister mm. who's got kids. But you know, it's obviously not the same thing until you have have them yourself. And but one thing I have noticed about parents is that um, the most important thing seems to be that you've got other um, family members around to help you understand how to how to look after the 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 aptly <clears throat> tight Lamborghini that you referred yeah. to your daughter as. Like it's um it's a it seems like a really paradigm shifting moment and to not have that support must have been actually really hard. So within the context really of hard. all that, you know, was there anything that you learnt new that was about yourself through that process? Yeah, I did actually. I I used to always uh be very very cautious of um of my, like looking after my myself and and my health and, and prioritizing you know things like sleep and and uh you know i used to really love um being able to have a clear mind and 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 have a really good sense of you know balance and and that you know um i guess yeah it's just clarity really and what one thing i did learn about myself um is that you actually don't need that much sleep <laughs> and you still maintain it um, unusually. So yeah, so Eve's almost six months now and she's grown up quick and, uh, you know, I really, to be honest, I haven't really slept 
that well in six months. And I thought by now I would have crumbled and burned to the ground and um, had a lot of difficulty with, um, you know, having clarity and, and, and being balanced. But one thing I've noticed is that um, as long as you've got surfing, it's, it gives you an opportunity to step away um, and you just you can get it so quickly and so easily. It's not about, you know, sleep. Sleep is great. Don't get me wrong. Sleep is great. Mm-hmm. But it's not, not where I get it from. It's actually like the power and energy in my life that I get is from the ocean and, and from, from surfing. It's mm-hmm. such an unusual thing. I've, I've tried to talk about that with Mike before. I was like, you know, um, you know what is it? Like, what the, what, 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 what's it that's so attractive about it? And, 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 and addictive about it. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, perhaps it's the, the energy that passes through your body, like, you know, because the, the, the particles move in, you know, this, um, this cyclic motion and your, your particles in your body would move the same way. And, you know, there might be more to it, but um, I'm, I'm, that's one thing I definitely learned about myself is, you know, my strength um, comes from um, surfing and, if I didn't have it, you know, it just alters so many aspects of my life. You know, it gives me confidence, it gives me strength, it gives me energy, it gives me everything that I need um, really to survive. And then I can go and be a better parent and I can go and be a better business partner and I can go mm. and be a better husband and, and all those other things. And it doesn't take long. It's, you know, if you get an hour a day of good waves um, and, and you feel like, you know, you're, you're progressing and, and you're, and you're feeling good about yourself, it just helps every every part of your life. Yeah. I think there's something in the passion that we have for it as well. Like it seems to me like passion's a fuel. And if you've got passion for something, you don't get tired doing it and you get energized by the process of doing it too. So it's like I'm sure that that's part of it, that we're just so – it just gives us joy and then we sure. feel good and we carry on with that day and – yeah. yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing, and I think that's one of the big learnings or the big takeaways. I think that I've had during the pandemic as well is that you know if you can get in in the ocean, and yeah. and have that um, experience and just you know, and we're so into it, you know, like it's just you, me, every other bodyboarder who's listening to the podcast. Like it is where where our passion. Most most guys and girls who listen to this bodyboarding is the passion that they have, mm. and if they can do it, they're pretty happy, you know, like yeah. it kind of keeps them going. And yeah. um, what a what a positive thing. And I think that's the thing about bodyboarding that we we don't have never really, um, what's the word? Like we talk a lot about how to promote the sport and how to un- share with people why it's so good. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think in the official lines we've ever really communicated the mental health benefits of going in the ocean and enjoying it when we try to sell the sport to others. But I think we all know, and through this podcast, I've certainly um, understood better and better that for every guest who speaks to me, the mental health aspect is absolutely like the one of the highest order um, considerations as to why it's so good. And it's so interesting. Yeah. And, and, and we were extremely lucky in Australia where we were, you know, we were insulated against uh you know stopping things that we love like surfing um we yeah. like our government allowed us to surf the whole way through uh exactly. the COVID pandemic and you know I, I spoke i've spoken to mates who are in you know barcelona and uh yeah. and europe and italy and you know they've got firmly locked down and they weren't allowed to exercise for months on end and Crazy. i can only imagine the hardships that they would have had with their mental health and and happiness and 
it'll be interesting to find out, you know, after this is all done and dusted and everyone's free and I can catch up with them all again to find out how they got through it and mm. you know, how they got those moments of joy and, and all those other things. It's, um, it would have been re- really, really difficult for them. Well, um, well, Ben, I should inform you that um, this podcast series is all about that. So um, you'll just have to tune into some of the other interviews I've uh, recorded here and you may get some, uh, some very detailed insights. Um, you want to get that question answered. I just got off the phone to Pierre last night or the night before, and um, yeah, he you know he was saying it was two months without surf. And yeah, think about Pierre Louis Costas and what he would I don't know like that that guy is one of the biggest frothers going. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, tough times. So it's um, it definitely everyone's experience with this pandemic is so different based on geography and politics. Um, you know, yeah. it's we've we've had a I don't know. I remember a moment where was it the same on the northern beaches where you you couldn't just go to the beach and hang. You couldn't like yeah. sun bake, but you had to like either you had to be doing something. So people would yep. like take fishing rods. Is that that's a true story, right? People would just it's go. It's a true story. You couldn't socialize at the beach. All you could do is exercise. So you had to yeah. basically leave your house in the pursuit of exercise. So yeah. you know people would. Be- Turning up to the beach and checking in, you'd have your wetsuit out and your board out and you'd be waxing up, but you'd be socialised. Of course, you're socialising. You know, but you try and make it look like you're, you're getting ready for a surf and over you know, the space of an hour while you're socialising. I think a lot of people were pretty uh, pretty dodgy with, with you know, trying to push those kind of boundaries. But, um, yeah, it's like you've got to do what you got to do to get through, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a day here in Foster when – it was the 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 day when the council it was coming up to the school holidays, and they were, to be honest, they were worried about all you lot in Sydney coming here on a big holiday and spreading the virus through little old Foster Tunkari. And um, oh, for sure. So yeah, I think it's so ridiculous that, that yeah. when we had the same here, Josh. Yeah. Like we, you know, where where I am is one hour north of um of the city, mm-hmm. and um you know we all, we had guys coming up from you know Manly and yeah. and the inner city, and you know there was one day um there was a guy out out in the surf that I hadn't re- didn't recognise. It's like, what? hey, dude, like, um, like, what are you, what are you doing here? You know, yeah. you know, you're not meant to be surfing within, like, I think it was a three kilometre radius of your home, yeah. and you're coming up here from from eastern suburbs. Like, yeah. you, know, you don't see me going to other people's waves, and you could potentially be carrying the virus unknowingly, and and it kind mm-hmm. of frustrated me, you know, that yeah, that he did that. But um, would you would you have those? You 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 are the type that would actually say something, right? Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I can't help myself when when I see people kind of stepping out of line or yeah. going against, I guess, the morals or, or kind of values that I've got. You yeah. know, I, I wouldn't do that because yeah. I'd I'd kill myself if I knew that I unintentionally did spread the virus and I hurt someone or hurt their families or whatever. You know, like it's just, at some point you have to be responsible for your actions, and um, that was a that was a pretty defining and important point and when you should be. You know, responsible for your action. Yeah, to to me, the pandemic's just been this really interesting study of human behaviour because it seems like the virus itself is is straightforward, right? You know, like it's a thing; it gets into your system, it gets into your lungs, it does certain things to you which make you sick. Mm-hmm. Like it, and that's simple. It just it's doing its thing. But the the interesting bit is how us humans deal with this. And yeah. you know, you look at the the behaviors that people have and, and the things that you see in yourself that you're willing to, you know, push around the edges and yeah, like it's 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 an interesting human element, which is the problem 
really like it's the the problems the humans and how we react like it's for sure yeah you know, like we had a couple our scare that we had in foster tankari was a couple from the northern beaches when your lockdown happened they got a test i think they were even from avalon i don't really know exactly but they were they got their test and then they buggered off up the coast and didn't wait for their results came oh, to foster yeah, yeah came to foster went to three or two cafes i think and though then they got their test results and were like, oh shit, we got the virus. And then what? Yeah, yeah. And then they stopped. Like they, they, they. I think they went and reported themselves in, handed themselves into the health authorities. But then these two businesses in Foster, and it was coming up to those school holidays. It must have been um, the Easter school, or no, nah, maybe I can't remember which one. No, nah, it was later. It was it, it. Your lockdown was in like November or yeah, early um, December. Early December, right? So it's coming up to the Christmas holidays, which are a huge business moment for a town like this. Yeah. And these two businesses had to shut down and go into deep cleans to make sure that the virus was completely eradicated from the premises. Yeah. And that was days of no business for them. Exactly. Because these two selfish fuckers decided that they wanted to go up to foster. It was wild. I mean, it must have cost them tens of thousands of dollars. These these were busy cafes too that were like really – out and mm. yeah it's just like wow how do you how do you who's response like how do you um what a situation you know who's mm. who's liable <laughs> you know it's yeah yeah like, what? and the same thing exactly the same thing happened here yeah. um in avalon where you know two people got there got tested and are waiting for their results and they decided to visit every single restaurant and cafe in the whole of avalon <laughs> which is like a hundred of them in the space <laughs> of a weekend and um and we were forced to lock down over you know, over pretty much for the whole of December. Yeah. And, um, and you know, they, it's, it's, it's really frustrating because they're kind of like, uh, you know, they're, they're totally selfish and they're thinking, oh, like, how are we going to get through this? We need to entertain ourselves and let's just get out and let's put our needs ahead of everyone else. I know. And I that's know. such an annoying human trait that oh, yeah. bugs the shit out of me. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, that's exactly what they did. And, you know, what's crazy is, like, I bumped into uh, – I bumped into one of the guys that was extremely affected by this. So his 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 um business got shut down over the whole period. Mm. Should be the busiest time of year for him. Yeah. And this guy has put on like oh, 40 kgs and looks like a shell of a shell of who he was. And wow. you know, these 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 two fuckwits that that thought that thought it was acceptable that they go out and entertain themselves yeah. had real life implications on this guy and he's still suffering the consequences of it to this day. Yeah, right. And he's probably got a huge amount of issues. He's probably, I heard he's also getting divorced and, and all these uh, other fucking issues. Yeah. It's probably all stemmed from these two selfish people that put their needs ahead of everyone else's. Yeah, it's important we understand our impacts, eh? Like it's... um nice. Yeah. Yeah, and this, and this pandemic brings that out. Like it, it certainly has brought that out and... I don't know. Aussies, we're a funny mob because I, I do find like even the um the pushing of the boundary on the beach access, you know, like, mm. hey, uh, how do we get around this rule, which is what yeah. Aussies love to do. Like we love to have a rule presented to us and then we go, right, how am I going to scam this? <laughs> you know, leftover like leftover from the convict days, eh, Josh? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We're, just, we're just scrappers and we and – we, and we don't like authorities, and we 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 are no. unfortunately quite individualistic in our in our ways, and um, and yeah, this is this has definitely brought that out um sure. in us. But what coming down to the lockdown itself, um, 
in the Northern Beaches. Like, was that the absolute, would you say, because it seems like there was a lot of good stuff happening. Um, you'd had your baby, you'd had to leave by then. You're kind of settling in and learning about parenting and you're probably buzzing a bit off that too, like the, the excitement, mm. thrill of it all. Um, what was it, was that the lowest point of the COVID pandemic for you when the actual lockdown came to your, like, I mean, I don't know, for people who don't know Avalon, I mean, it's a very small place. Mm. Like, it's really, yeah, it's, very small. it's very small. It's one beach and then like a few, you know, I don't know, a kilometre deep from the coast, you know, if, mm-hmm. if that, like it doesn't really go very deep there, does it? So it's actually no. a very small village, you could say. Like, was that the low point? Yeah, that was definitely the low point. And um, especially because, you know, we are, um, my parent, my mum, for example, uh, got really affected by it and um, and we got really affected by it. We couldn't share, you know, our kids' first Christmas with, with yeah. relatives or anything like that. And, and uh, I hate to think about, you know, those elderly people that, that might be living in the area, that, that are living in the area, and let's say they have, uh, you know, health problems and they know they have a finite amount of time on the planet and, mm. you know, it's their last chance to share Christmas with, with their family or something like that and yeah. they weren't allowed to do it. Like, that, you know, we, in comparison, we got off, you know, pretty lightly compared to a lot of other people because we will be able to share another Christmas together and we'll be able to make up for lost time. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that wouldn't and um, it's really sad think about how affected they've been yeah no it affects us all in different ways Mm. um with 2020 behind us i mean obviously there's a lot learned you've got this parenting superpower you don't need as much sleep anymore (laughs) you know things have changed pretty dramatically for you and and it's been an over overwhelming positive you've said throughout it all um Looking into 2020, what are you what are you looking forward to? Uh, 2021, I should say. What are you looking forward to for the rest of this year? It's I know we're a little bit into it already, but how's it all been shaping up for you? And what are some of the things on your horizon that you can might be able to share with the with the crowd listening? Uh, so 20, the remainder of 2021 and 2022 ahead. Um, well, the things I'm most excited for is, um, I guess, growing uh, with with my daughter, uh, learning new things about myself, but you know, watching her develop and grow into into a, a human that, you know, she's proud of and that I'm proud of and, you know, helping her along the way. Um, that's something that I'm really excited about, you know. I'm really excited for one day to be able to take my little girl to the museum and I'm really excited, you know, just like little experiences like that I'm really, really excited to do. Um, that's, that's really strongly on my radar and, and celebrate, you know, all these different kind of milestones along the way. Um, mm. Another thing that, you know, I, I would love to change into 2022 is also, um, you know, putting, you know, my priorities, um, personal priorities and needs, you know, up there to a certain degree, like things like, you know, I'd love to be able to travel again and get some waves and, and feel that sense of, um, of strength and, and energy that I get from, you know, a couple of good weeks of, of riding waves and, and progressing mm. with my surfing. I'd love to be able to get back to that. You know, mm. two week trip to Indonesia. All right, how good does that sound? <laughs> sounds pretty good. <laughs> sounds pretty bloody good. And um, yeah. if I can take the family, it's going to be even better. You know. Yeah. Um, but the other the other thing that I guess coming through Corona, or, you know, we look like we're getting through coronavirus and coming out the other end, is also getting you know a bit more security in my life. And uh-huh. um, and and then once you kind of have that in, you know, I guess um. Trying to get back to more of a simple life, 
to a certain degree and, and just celebrating, you know, normal things and, you know, not celebrating um, things that aren't really relevant at all. Um, that's, that's one thing I'm really excited for. And, you know, it's something that I guess I've been searching for all my life is security. And I feel like I'm kind of getting to a place where I'm, where I'm getting it. You know, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a great wife and I've got a great kid and um, I have a home that's mine. And, you know, it's like I'm getting some security in my life and surfing is freaking the most amazing thing ever. And it gives you the opportunity to be able to travel the globe and, and have unique experiences and meet amazing people and, and visit all these beautiful places. But at the same time, it is completely disruptive. And mm. um, my whole life, you know, I'd say 38, no, not 38, 28 years of my life, <laughs> I've lived in, in, in an environment like that where, you know, it's, it's been disruptive and, and insecure, insecure as well because anything, you know, at any one point, you know, I'm, li- I'm living from kind of contract to contract and result yeah. to result and, you know, there's not much security in that. So it's a really nice kind of change to be able to have that in my life and, and know mm. where I'm heading and, and know what I want to do and, and kind of create some, you know, more important kind of personal goals. That's beautiful. With the, with the business um, kind of side of things, you know, you mentioned in the beginning just to remind people about the, the fact that you are, you know, um, doing the kind of looking after the brands of NMD versus um, Foamy and then you've got the knife fins. Um, I've had other, I've had your brother on the, this podcast edition talking to him mm-hmm. about his experience through with Bodyboard King, who also happens to be a sponsor of this series, which is very nice yeah. of him to do. Um, yeah. And I also spoke with Jeff Hub about his experience as, you know, as a writer and also as a business owner and stuff as well. And I mean, some of the things that popped out there, like how did you guys navigate and, and how did the, the 2020 year go for the brands in your opinion? Was it a tough slog or did you, like I, there has been a bit of a, I've heard activity in the retail space. Like a lot of people actually went out and bought boards and, and got back in the water. Yeah. Well, you, you're, you're, You've spent your whole life surfing and you know things come in waves. Mm. Coronavirus comes in waves. Everything mm. seems to come in waves. You've got peaks and troughs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last year on you know, many fronts, um, you know, surf retail was a, was, a, was a peak year. Like a lot mm. of people did really well. Um, but on the flip side of that, um, there was also huge, huge issues that most businesses had with supply. Like I'm mm. sure we could have probably done twice the amount of business, business that we did and twice the amount of sales that we were able to get the amount of supply that we needed. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really difficult um, to, to do that and to navigate that because, um, you know, like uh, you're not, you're not going to make a sale if you don't have any stock. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the biggest hurdles that we have with our business was actually getting supply. And yeah. I should have listened to uh, Terry Fitzgerald at the beginning of it all. He said to, uh, he said to us, hey, like, um, you know, we're, we're, we're heading into a bit of a kind of crisis point um, in any kind of thing like this. Surfing industry always is insulated and always does well. And I'm yeah. like, yes, I'm there. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, this is <laughs> a guy that's been in the surfing industry since he started. Yeah. And I'm sure has more experience than nearly everyone because he still owns his own brands and he's still really hands-on. Yeah. Hot buttered. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I, I didn't follow his suggestion recommendation. Instead, I kind of, um, went and did what I wanted to do and, and was, went into kind of panic mode and was like, Let's, we just need to like start converting <laughs> this stock into cash because we need to create a buffer for ourselves so we can get through. And, 
Yeah. I wish I had to listen to him because, yeah, what <laughs> it ended up kind of biting us in the ass, and later on in the year, uh, mm. you know, we, we, we just couldn't get enough, um, enough stock to be able yeah. to supply the demand. And I think most people ended up like that. But <laughs> that's an that's a interesting lesson to learn is um, don't ever be too proud and listen to advice when it's given to you too. Yeah, it sounds like cautious Ben got in the way there a little bit. You know, like he's he's a, sure. is Winnie more is is Winnie a little more risk averse than you? Like, is that is it is the relationship in the part like the the partnership? Are you both similar, or are there actually differences? Like, yeah, I said this to Mez recently. Um, when when Winnie and I first started the business, you know, we did have some conflicts because we are very different, and and yeah. You know, I take off my dad and, and Toby to a certain degree a lot where I'm very uh, work-oriented and, uh, you know, get totally consumed by it um, yep. to the point where it's obsessive. And uh, and Winnie's not so much like that, you know, and he can't be because he had, when we first started the business, he had a, he had a family of, he had a family, like a big family. and Like 17, and, right? Like 15 <laughs> kids or something like that? 20 kids, yeah. <laughs> and so we, you know, well, I had some hardships dealing with that because I was like, oh, <sighs> You know, I, I really get upset because I was like, I'm putting in all this energy and Winnie's not putting in the same amount of energy. And, and, uh, and the, the last couple of years, it's been this amazing thing where I've realized that Winnie is actually the most perfect business partner I can ask for because he, he kind of steadies me out and we kind of, you know, we bounce off each other perfectly. Um, he is much more of an of a easygoing dude. Um, he's happy taking risks. He also actually doesn't see it as risk at all. He's just kind of, you know, he's, He's a lot more um, grounded and has a lot more faith that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And so it's really helpful for me to be around someone like that. And uh, it's also helpful being around someone that isn't maybe as work-obsessed and um, is a lot more easygoing because if I had someone that was like that, mm. it would just be super detrimental to my health and to my life yeah. and everything um, because I'd be matching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, so, competi- you're competitive. Uh, yeah, you'd you'd competitive. probably be outdoing the other person. In some way, I'll be trying to, um, yeah. and it's you know I've always been such a great friend with Winnie, and we've yeah. we're always great travel partners on tour and stuff like that, and that's what he offered to me on tour as well. Is the same kind of thing, and in the business world and 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 my personal life as well, he's offering you know all these other things and and helping me along the way, and um, you know I've been listening to a lot of uh, business um, podcasts lately. Um, there's a there's a there's a podcast that Ned's put me on to. Uh, called How I Built This. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, guy Raz. Because, yeah, yeah that's the guy. Mm. Guy Raz. And, yeah. uh, and in that, they talk, they talk about partnerships and how yeah. um, it's really bad to have a partnership with someone that is actually very similar to you. You should yeah. always pretty much have a partnership with someone that isn't the same as you and totally different. And together, like, you kind of um, have, you know, all the attributes kind of covered, um, but you also kind of balance each other out. Mm. And so I think Dave and I are perfect like that. And um, yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm really lucky. And uh, I even went as far to say to Mez lately, I was, I was talking to him about a month ago and, and I said to Mez, man, like Dave's just like, he's just the perfect business partner. I'm so stoked like he's my business partner. And, That's um, beautiful. And it's, yeah, it's good. Like, oh, I, look, it's, it's honest, great I've too. Really lucky. Yeah. And it's like, you know, being, being someone who is, who is around at different parts of that relationship, like, you know, that's a long that's a long time of um of being with someone in your life. Like it's yeah. it's it's a and and having that kind of um 
the travel buddy, the the guy that you would go on strike missions with, and now a business partner and and a mate. I mean, it's a it's a long relationship, and it's um it's really cool to see that um continue. I think for everyone in bodyboarding to see some of these relationships strengthen over time, and and managing that kind of back and forth between competitor and and kind of um you know someone who you're going to have to fight against in the water and then being able to drop it and chill out on land. And, you know, that's, that's a good thing that not everyone can do. They can't yeah, like, drop sure. it. Yeah. Exactly. So that's really nice. Really nice. It see. is really nice. Really um, nice. In the, on the, on the final question of this podcast, it's, um it's been a, it's been a cracker yet again. And I thank you for taking the time. Um, this is going to be your final word on it all. Um, and feel free to go, as deep or as wherever you want with this question, but, you know, for the listener out there who, you know, the, the big assumption behind this podcast series is that 2020 was a ta- like a practice run of 2021, you know, like we kind of <laughs> like, it's not over yet in many ways, there's going to be some ups and downs and some bumps along the road as we get through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the one piece of advice for, that you can offer to the, to the people listening that will kind of um, inspire them, guide them, give them something to ponder um, about, you know, how to move forward dealing with the rest of this year and what might be thrown at them. Yeah, for sure. Good piece of advice that I can give you is something that um, I think I've always been pretty true to my whole life without um, perhaps communicating it, is um, I think moving forward, everyone needs to perhaps take a step back from the position they're in and have a look at themselves and, and um, take, I guess, maybe one or two things about themselves that, that are really important, you know, um, things that are important to them, like it might be a passion like bodyboarding, it might be a passion like a business, it might be something else. Draw a circle around yourself and uh, make sure those things are in that circle and always, 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 prioritize the things that are in that circle you got yourself and those things for me it's uh right now i've got this circle drawn around me and it's it's my family it's my surfing and it's myself and you know i've got this circle around me and and that's my barrier and that's all that's important there's going to be shit that happens in life and there's going to be upsets and there's going to be hardships and challenges but you do what you can do to protect those things and i think in my life in the last couple of years or if not the last year it's like it's become more and more apparent to me that you know you can't change everything and you can't make everything better and it's it's ridiculous thought to think that you can um but what you can do is maybe stay true to a couple of those things and help protect those and 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 look after those things and as a result you're looking after yourself The book, 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 the